Hey, what's good? This is Rich, and you're listening to Paychecks and Balances, where it's all about what's possible personally, professionally, and financially. And before we get into today's episode, I wanted to share that PNB is a finalist for Podcast of the Year and Best Generational Financial Literacy Content. So two categories at the Plutus Awards. So I want to thank everyone who took time to vote and nominate the podcast, nominate PNB overall. And it's crazy to be a finalist given what's happened over the past year with the pandemic, having to scale back content, trying to juggle everything that's happening in life. And y'all still came through. So thank you very much. And we will see what happens in a couple of weeks at FinCon when they announce the winners, at least as of the time of this recording. And on today's episode, we're going to be joined by L Martinez. And L came on the podcast a few years back, and it was awesome to catch up with her in this conversation because she's also made a bit of a pivot in her brand. And what I really loved about this chat was her level of vulnerability. And I know that's been a pattern with the last few guests, but really talking about some of the things that she had to consider and some of those voices, not the crazy voices, but some of those voices that she was hearing when she was thinking about making some big changes. So we talk a lot about that. We talk about intentionality. We talk about mental wealth building in so many different ways. And so I hope you enjoy this conversation with Elle as much as I did. So here we go. And yeah, I hope you enjoy. Elle, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. It's good to see you again. Yeah, it's good to see you as well. Good to connect. Good to hear you. We were talking before the show about uh, how long it's been with the pandemic and time blending together and trying to figure out what conference it was and all of that good stuff. And uh, one thing that is uh, really interesting. So the last time you were on the show, it was L with the Couple Money podcast. And yeah. uh, now... You have a lot of other things that you're also interested in and that you're starting to talk about. So welcome back, but also welcome forward because you got some some new stuff going on as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I still uh, have marriage and, and money tips over at Couple Money. But as you go with your financial journey, but just life in general, you embrace those seasons and changes. And I felt like we wanted to just explore things beyond personal finance. Like, what do you do? And so I started simplifying and joy for families that are looking at financial freedom. Independence is a part of that. But more importantly, buying back that time that you have for, you know, the people and projects that matter most to you. Simplify and enjoy. Ah, and and it's so hard to do, right? At least it can be when you feel like you have so many different things that are going on, uh, whether it's work, business, side hustle, family, uh, athletic pursuits. Yeah, It can be hard to simplify. You want to simplify, but it's hard to do that when you just have so many things that are going on in life. Yeah, it's hard to s- strike that balance because I could have just you know, did like simplify families or whatever. But the the core of it is, you know, take out the unnecessary stuff, which does take some experimentation, asking yourself, you know, does this really matter to me? But also making sure that you enjoy the process. I think you've seen, you and I have been around the minimalism space, which there's some great voices in it. But I feel like if someone is just coming in, they take away the wrong message, which is, cut everything out of your life to the bare bones. And that's really not what this is about. This is about taking out the noise and and focusing on your priorities and your values, whatever they may be. I love that. And it's something that uh, I'm thinking a lot about myself right now, uh, where uh, I'm going through the process of requesting a leave at work to create space for self so that Good for uh, you. Uh, man, yeah. 
so that I can do some of this reflection. And I think we get to this point and, you know, I'm 38, you know, I, I ain't going to call it a midlife crisis. I, I don't think it's that. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't wanted to buy the expensive car yet, Yeah. but I, I've been thinking, I'm like, man, the last time that I had four weeks to myself was <laughs> when I moved across the country in 2014. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm like, since then, I haven't had a month to myself in over seven years. And uh, there is a, you know, we talk about compounding interest and all of that stuff. There, there is a compounding effect of that. And uh, even a, even like for those with day jobs or being in a day job, using vacation time to go to conferences because yeah. that's like the side hustle thing. So when you, when you talk about like simplifying and things like that, I'm like, man, the best thing I can do to simplify is give myself space because this ain't working right now. Yeah, absolutely. I know for, for me personally, like on the work side, so I work from home and I'm so grateful for that opportunity. And people may think, oh, yeah, you must be having fun all the time. But it is, you know, as a, a creator, there's planning, there's reaching out, then there's the business hat, invoicing, all that fun, fun stuff. So... I baked in my schedule like November and December. I'm off every year. I've been, I think this is going to be the fifth year, even more so this last year and a half. I just need to decompress and kind of reset things enough so that I can come back in January and I feel excited because you can't fake that. You know, when you're a creator or even, you know, when you're uh, working in a space like that, people pick up on that vibe when you're not excited about where you are, you're not doing your best work. And, you know, the motivation for this work that I do is I want to help families. So I can't do that if I'm not in a good space myself. That resonates on multiple levels because uh, there's also an element where when you you want to serve and you want to help people mm -hmm. and you don't create space for yourself you get burnt out. Then you also feel mm -hmm. like the people you're supposed to be helping, you're actually letting them down. And now you're feeling bad about letting these people down. And and, and then it kind of creates this vicious cycle. And, and I'm speaking a little bit from personal experience, but I, yeah. I, I think that can very easily happen. So to hear that you take uh, intentionally, and I talk a lot about intentionality, you intentionally <laughs> take two months off at the end of the year is uh, awesome. I assume that there are some considerations because someone might be like, oh man, like I want to create that space for myself. But I assume that there are some considerations and things to think about because then that means you also have less time in the year to generate income, at least yeah. active income. You know, obviously not everything's going to translate one to one, but what I did, the first step was naturally see what's happening. I talk about seasonal life, but even in the year, like when is your busy season for work? When is your slow time? And I used to fight this. I don't know if you've done this where, you know, there's certain times in the year where my podcast numbers are great, you know, beginning of the year, wedding season because couples, you know, families going back to school. And then there would be these lulls and I would try all different things. Maybe I should put out more episodes or more articles or, you know, let me do some more videos. And then I was, you know, talking within my mastermind group and in there is Michelle Jackson. You know, she's fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's like, why am I even fighting this? <laughs> why don't I use this as an opportunity to recharge? So I saw on the schedule, November, December, people are with family, people with friends. They're, let's be honest, if they're going to spend money, they're going to be spending money then during the holidays. They're not going to be hearing, wanting to hear tips about, here's how you, you know, wrap up the year with like 20 more savings tips. So I just... <laughs> 
you know, find it within your schedule. If this is the slow season, why not use your vacation time? Or why don't you take advantage of that um, so that you're taking care of your mental health and then you're coming back strong when you're most needed or when you could be most helpful to people? Uh, And this feels especially relevant. There was a point a couple of months ago, even a couple of weeks ago, where I was like, we're coming out of the pandemic, but I don't even know anymore. I feel like we could be going back you in. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the Gen X, Y variant soon. I don't mean to make light of it, but just I, I can't even look at the news anymore because there's mm-hmm. always something. And then even given some of the other stuff that's happening uh, around the world. So I'm just like, ah, will we ever get out of it? But but we are overall in a better place than we were 18 months ago. I mean, I guess as a society world, sands the number of people that we've lost. Uh, but during this time, you may have heard about the Great Resignation. Have, have you seen that headline yeah. at all? I've I've definitely heard Yeah, people pushing back. Um, people are just like, I need a pivot. Uh, this is not working for me. Yes. You gave the short version of it. I'm going <laughs> to give the longer, windier version of it. And uh, I've been saying for some time now that uh, this has been a time to reflect for as crazy as it's been, for as uncomfortable as it's been. uh, It's been a time to reflect and think about uh, where we are in life. I know I thought thought a lot about where I am in life. And uh, like you said, to figure out, Mm -hmm. is this working? People have even discovered uh, creative pursuits, passions, even something as simple as someone might create art. And now they've got art hanging in the background for all their video meetings. People keep asking them where they got that art. Person says, I created it myself. Next thing you know, oh, maybe I should have an Etsy business or maybe I should be creating something. Why I'm thinking about this right now is because that requires a lot of conversation where, especially when you have a partner, where when you decide that you do want to start making some changes in your life, you have reflected during this time, you do want to leave your job, you do maybe want to go back to work because you realize doing the solo thing from home isn't for you. There's a lot to talk about when it comes to making some of those changes to even create that space. So what what comes to mind for, for you when, when you think about having some of those types of conversations? I think the the first thing, especially when you're, you know, in a relationship too, uh, but even solo, is defining your your why and really nailing down what your priorities are. I think that gets brushed aside so quickly, and that is so important because you know this is the time of transition for everybody. But you know. Before the pandemic, we each had our individual times of transitions. It's just right now as a society, we're kind of having it all at the same time. And it's easier to filter out what opportunities to jump on or to change to if you know, hey, this is actually what matters to me or this is where I would like to end up. And I would say like that's absolutely the foundation of where it starts. And I know for a lot of people up until this point, They haven't had the, like you said, the breathing space or that room to kind of sit with yourself and figure that out. Like, how do I work that out? But I I think especially, you know, my husband and I, we have these like monthly money dates, but it's more than just the money where what do we want to do in the next, like by the end of the year? We were just like everybody else. Financially, our house was in order. But last year, we're like, uh, you know, survive. (laughs) Make sure the kids Toilet don't paper. get COVID, you know, like that that kind of like essential stuff. But what do we want to do in the you know next five years, especially what we've been going through? You know, travel is something that we'd like to do, but we don't want to do, especially with kids, the whole one week, maybe two weeks. 
what would slow travel look like with two kids in tow? How could we make that happen? So we're using this space or time we have at home to map out what do we want to do in the next, you know, three years, five years uh, with our lives. And then it makes it easier because, you know, as a, as a creator, uh, as an entrepreneur, there's always a ton of opportunities, whether it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you got to go on this social media channel. Oh, you have to have a podcast. You got to do YouTube. You got to do this. We don't have time for it all. So what are the ones where you can make the most impact, the ones that you enjoy and the ones that move you closer to your goal? Uh, so simplifying yet again, yeah. but it does require some intentionality up front. And I had mm-hmm. a financial samurai on the podcast last week and he talked about the importance yeah. of planning. And so it's cool to kind of hear mm-hmm. you say the same thing, but in a different yeah. way, because you, you've got to have vision. Otherwise yeah. you're kind of just reactively moving through life. But I, I found that, Sometimes it can be hard to think three to five years ahead when you're just yeah. trying to figure out today. So how do you all do that? Because even e- even getting old, like it's still hard yeah. for me sometimes because I'm like, I don't know. Am I going to be like, what's yeah, ah, like I'm just trying to get out of this situation right now. So so mm-hmm. how do you create that vision? One of the things you can do is I love having um, experiments now since I talk a lot about personal finance, I'll say like a monthly money challenge, but you can use this with whatever aspect of your life. Uh, Say you want to try a new hobby. You're like, I think maybe you want to pivot as an artist. Like you mentioned someone who is a visual artist and they're creating things this month or, you know, month or a 12 week challenge. Say, I'm going to focus on getting this Etsy store up and running. I'm going to try it out. And I'm going to see one is in my head when I'm thinking, it's going to be like, you know, sometimes we have a romantic notion of like, oh, this is going to be a great space. We but always have sh- a romantic notion. <laughs> I know. But having these nice, like, short challenges where we go all in, I think gives us a chance to see, is this working for me? Is this not? Most times you'll find out very quickly if you're heading in the right direction because you're like, not quite there, but I feel like I want to continue it. Then you know, okay, this is something that I want to do. How can I do this full time? And, you know, take a break and kind of assess that. So you put up your store, let's say 12 weeks, you got some sales, take a month off and, uh, you know, temporarily close the store. Is this a business thing I need to tweak or do I need to fix my schedule? You're better, better able to kind of assess and identify the next step. Now, I'm going to tr- I'm going to make this mm-hmm. a little bit more meta potentially because yeah. even the idea of an experiment, experiment, there's risk to that. Even if you still have your job and you're doing it on the side, there's still a risk to that. And I can imagine mm-hmm. people are like, oh, creating an experiment, like, oh man, like I got to have a destination for it. Like, uh, I-, I could see folks mm-hmm. getting in their mm-hmm. head about that. So how would, is there a way that you can think to like simplify how people think about experimenting so they don't get as mentally overwhelmed, but like, oh man, I've got 12 weeks or, oh, I got to put a time on. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been there. Cause I think for me, I, and I've been guilty of this. Let's just take like the YouTube channel. I had like paralysis on it for a while doing videos because, you know, I'm a fan of certain creators and they do cinematic things. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, how am I going to get there? And again, I was talking to Michelle and she's like, just do it. Yeah. Just, you know, don't even think about it. I think she was just get the phone, record it, lightly edit, put it out there. 
And it's you get that mindset of software developers, my husband's one, of iterating. Instead of putting out this polished project, put something small, put something fast, and get feedback on that. And I would, you know what? We are very fortunate and privileged. We live in a time where you can test it out with pockets, you know, pockets of people, whether it's, you know, your physical kind of community and network, or even online, if you're a personal finance creator, we have our, you know, communities online where you say, hey, I just put this out there. I'd love to get your feedback on that and kind of have these like mini launches. So I think nowadays it is easier. And if you were doing something physical like art, I actually have some friends that made that transition during the pandemic where they were finding their footing there. Finding, you know, art community shows feedback. Um, Where are people already buying it? You know, what shows are people picking up art? Well, you know, invest a bit into getting a table and putting something out there. That whole idea of that's the experiment. Just one show, your table, see how it goes. So don't try to be putting A to Z together. What's, you know, step A and maybe just step B? Uh, I love that because again, it, it simplifies because, uh, there are a lot of folks where we, we all want to do well. Right. And, mm-hmm. and we, w- yeah. we all want anything that we put out into the world to succeed, even just going to work. We, we want to do well at work. Even if we hate our job, we want to do well enough to be able to survive and, and, yeah. and, uh, and, and get the heck out of it. But sometimes we also have to think about who we need to bring along. And that's mm-hmm. kind of part of why I ask about like the, uh, the partnership side of it. And, and sometimes, it could be a a partner in terms of a uh, like dating and relationship type of setup, but it, it mm-hmm. could also be friends or other people mm-hmm. or just folks that you need to bring along. So h- how do you think about uh, bringing those important people in your life along when you're thinking about, you know, pursuing one of these experiments potentially? For me, the, the best thing to do is have these regular check-ins where these conversations are normal. Part of it is we don't usually have these conversations unless we're not happy with the job and we want to like we're at that breaking point. But instead saying, why, why don't we like do these monthly checkups? How are things going with you know work? How are things going with the family? And and really listen and talk about, well, what are you guys um, trying to do or what would we like to do? you know, by the end of this year or next year and make that part of the normal conversation. I think there is a parallel with with finances is that people avoid the conversation because it's the talk, especially like with marriage and money, like, oh, you got to have the talk. And I'm like, don't make it the talk. That's when you failed. Just make it a conversation and and focus on getting comfortable with sharing your goals or ideas for potential goals. Because then you'll get more buy-in, especially in a relationship, if they feel like they're a part of this decision versus, well, I'm going to do this and we're going to have to you know, change our finances to make this happen. You saying the talk brought me back to a place with a text <laughs> message in like 1999 <laughs> when I thought it was real, but it wasn't <laughs> the way it's. I could actually feel that in my stomach, like what? What yeah. we gotta talk about? What we gotta talk about? <laughs> and no one, like no one, even if it's a positive talk, like you know, you're sharing good, it doesn't feel good. So <laughs> you you want to start associating. We don't have these conversations a lot of times, you know, with our friends. Oh, how are things are growing? But like, really, 
you know, what are you planning on doing with your business? I have uh, friends that have their own business during the pandemic. They've had to pivot and change or, you know, friends work nine to five. Oh, how are things looking with the project you mentioned? Where do you see this taking you? Are you going to stay in that department? We need to have more of those conversations. And I think it makes it easier because it you have to think out loud. There's yeah. some component of thinking out loud. Now, you and I kind of think out loud with our art- articles and the podcast and within our community, but you can do this with your network of friends. And that's that's something also that I was well reminded of is how important it is to nurture and build up your network, not just for professional opportunities, but really to support one another with all your goals holistically. Yeah, you just made me think about how, uh, so there was a point in time Mm -hmm. where I thought I would no longer make more friends in life. I thought like I'd reach a certain level of ripeness in adulthood and then like I just get old and I don't make any new friends. Mm -hmm. But I've been shocked over the past 18 months how many connections I've been able to make even without being able to see people in person. Shout out to the good brother, Stephen M. Hughes, who's been on the show before, one of my main accountability partners. And, and I thought of him as you oh, were talking about Oh, I just saw checking. him on Elevate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. He had such a good good session. Yeah. And so, but here's the thing. I've been, we've had this accountability thing where we check in every other week. And we've mm-hmm. been doing this for a, a few months now. And as you saw, he's a fantastic mm-hmm. speaker. He's helped me in that time become a much better speaker to where like in my Elevate session. So that was a virtual mm-hmm. uh, conference that happened last week as of the time mm-hmm. that uh, this episode is is coming out, where I went into that session and, and mm-hmm. was more comfortable than I had ever been probably for any other talk that I'd given. But And it wasn't even like him just consciously like, you know, like training me like, oh, Rich, get into my course. But just having yeah. that regular touch point and just... Mm-hmm hearing about some of the stuff that he's working on and just hearing him talk about it. Like all of that stuff helps. It doesn't have to be someone just strictly teaching you how to do something. Just even the inspiration and uh, creation of curiosity can go a long way. Yeah, yeah. And if if people aren't already in a mastermind or some kind of network where you're inspiring and pushing each other in a good way, uh, you should. I'm right now in two one more geared towards podcasting and Mm -hmm. another just more holistically like how are we approaching our our topics besides just the numbers like are how are we better serving our communities and you really feed off that because how do i put this it's hard to get good advice from someone who just knows you from a distance like there's Mm. i enjoy you know reading articles and 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 books but there's something different when you've been in a mastermind with someone for six months or a year and they've seen your patterns, they've seen your your goals, and they can point out like either A, you need to push through with this. This is an opportunity that I, I know you're the best person to do this. Or they could, you know, talking about uh, your health and overall approach, pull back, you're working, you know, you're trying to do too many things at once. You really, you can't get that with strangers per se. So like having some kind of community or network professionally, personally, that can give you that insight is just, I mean, it's priceless. <laughs> this is also funny because I, I waved my fist at my therapist yesterday because she called me on something. And the only reason she didn't even have to call me on it. She got me to call myself on it. And that's where my fist went vigorously into the air. 
But the only reason she was able to even do that is because she's been there for four years now. And she knows, because I was going down one of my rabbit holes of angst. And then she was like, do you remember that thing you said four years ago? And I was like, uh, what was it? And then as I said it, I got to the ultimate answer. And then the it became very clear what needed to be done. But I think that underscores the importance of of these regular check-ins so, so so that someone can hold you accountable. And I think sometimes people actually fear having that accountability, and that's why they don't want to start these types of setups. Yeah. Now, if in your relationship, that's a built-in accountability because you're, you're affecting each other's lives. But I also appreciate what you're saying, you know, having a therapist. I had for years in a situation, and it took me a lot just to get to a point to seek out a therapist. Um, it was so helpful. Like, I, I fought it. I was like, oh, I'm not that bad. Like I had this idea in my head that therapy means there's a huge problem. And I needed to see that to be my best self, I needed someone with the expertise and, and the skill. And they were recommended for, uh, from a friend. So, you know, someone who generally, you know, is concerned to give me that feedback for what I needed to work out. So, like you said, you know, this is, it's invaluable and you kind of do need that person to kind of call you out on the, the stuff we do to each ourselves and, you know, to our uh, circle of friends. Yeah. And it's, it's so much deeper than the money, right? Mm-hmm. You know, just like the straight personal finance tips. I really think the money is like the output, one of the end results, like one of the yeah. tangible things that comes at the end of it, not at the beginning. And it's also part of why, um, you know, when we talk about like the personal finance and, and pivoting a bit and, 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 you know, you pivoting your platform a little bit and me doing that as well, because uh, the more I go through life, the more I have conversations with people like yourself, the more I get questions from listeners. I'm like, yo, it's so much deeper than just like, yeah. how much can you save? Like, you know, what investing strategy can you can, can you put into place like yeah that stuff is important mm-hmm. but if you're not taking care of some of these other things in your life portfolio like it's it's not going to matter like you're, you're just not going to be happy no amount of like savings tricks or wealth generating or power grabbing is 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 going to make you well you know until you address some of those things for yourself yeah and i didn't realize at the time but when i was mainly focused on couple money and and that was you know my thing I wasn't necessarily giving the advice that other people in the personal finance space were giving, uh, which is like, for example, let's take uh, dumping debt, like getting rid of debt. So many couples have a hard time with that. And if you ask each of them individually, well, yeah, I would love to get rid of the credit cards or, you know, this crazy car loan or whatever it is, but they can't agree on the how. And so a lot of the advice was, you need a debt snowball, you need a debt avalanche, or you need to go like so intense on this to get rid of it. Well, what if you're with someone who does agree on being debt free, but they don't want to be that intense? Where do you strike that compromise where it doesn't feel like a compromise that you guys actually both agree with the plan? Because in the end, I always felt like I mean, what's the point of getting debt free if you completely destroyed your relationship where you're hating each other and you actually introduce something that I feel is a deeper issue where one is controlling the finances or controlling how the finances are handled because you're so determined to get debt free. So I think that was like the first inkling that I didn't realize at the time that I wanted to talk 
beyond just the numbers or the process uh, with personal finance and really look at it um, from the big picture view. Did you struggle at all with sunsetting couple money or pivoting away from that? Oh, it was, I mean, to the last minute, I was fighting it because I, 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 I've done it. Start, wow, it's going to be 12, 13, 12 years doing that. And I love the community and I love serving the community, but it was becoming a chore and it wasn't addressing the topics I really feel passionate about. And the community, not everybody in there, but they wanted to talk about the finances in this particular box. And and that's fine. And so that was tough because, you know, I had built up that podcast and, you know, getting the word out and, and the downloads and everything. And to start again with Simplify and Enjoy, which, you know, the name doesn't immediately speak out versus couple money. You're thinking business side. But at the end of the day, I was like, I have to go with my heart. Um, and I am grateful. And I, you know, I feel privileged to be in a financial position where I could take that leap. But oh, I, I mean, I fought it <laughs> until it was October. I was like, I got to do it. I got to do it because I was recording the episodes for wrapping up the season before uh, we started yeah. 2021. So yeah, I was like, okay. Cut yeah. <laughs> so, so what were you fighting against? Because we all have things we fight against during that time, and we know what the answer. We know what the answer is. It's like those relationships that go on two years too long. Like mm-hmm. y'all both knew two years ago that it should have been a wrap. <laughs> and so, what were you fighting against uh, in your head? And then I'd be curious, like, what the actual turning point was where you finally said, "I'm ready to go." So. <sighs> And it sounds silly saying it out loud, but it took time. Like no one in in any space, you know, office, self, you know, self-employed, entrepreneur, you don't make it overnight. And I've worked really hard to build the Couple Money brand. I, You know, I've worked really hard to build that community and I've grown a lot. So there was like this emotional investment and I was getting different you know, media people reaching out because now they're associating, oh, couple money, if there's a marriage and money, you know, I'd get interview requests on that. And so do I really want to kill that momentum to start something here, you know, in this space, you know, families and financial freedom, finding that balance, you know, where does money fit in? It's, you know, maybe it's a little bit of pride. You know, I I appreciated being recognized for that work. And now I would have to start again, in a sense, you know, not exactly square one, but this is a new space. I'd have to develop it from the ground up. Um, and it is humbling because when you, you start a, a podcast or a site, some do make the transition, but it's not going to be everybody from that community goes to this community in the podcast. So that was a little humbling looking at Lipson going, Here's a couple of money's numbers. Here's simplify and enjoy. And it's grown and that I'm happy with. Uh, but yeah, that the first, you know, couple months you're just you're biting your nails like, is this gonna work out? Yeah. Yeah. I can yeah. only imagine, um, uh, especially when you put that many years into something. And I found that that's the hardest part. I remember when mm-hmm. uh I sunsetted a website years ago and like wrote the last post. Like I actually like was sitting there typing and crying. I'm like, man, I don't yeah. cry. I'm supposed to be doing thug tears, man. These supposed to turn into <laughs> tattoos on my face. <laughs> But when you put that much time into something, it does make it um, really challenging. And, and that 
I've had that feeling even when I write articles now, which is very rare, but that will change soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the posting an article and being and seeing the numbers that it gets because people aren't used to seeing me write articles and being like, damn, mm-hmm. oh man, it's going to be like, I, I know what this is like. It's going to be like months of this or, you know, it's mm-hmm. going to be like potentially even years of this. Uh, and, and maybe it won't be as long as it would have been then because we learn over time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, maybe you weren't make, meant to make that pivot a few years ago, but now is the time because you had all of the information and, and everything that, that you needed to be able to make that happen. I'm curious, when when did you press the F it button on it and go, and go, you know what? Like, I'm BSing. I need to make this switch. I think, so one of the things on the mastermind with the podcast is that we listen to each other's episodes. You know, we rotate and and get feedback. And I like to listen in also to see, you know, ahead of time, okay, I got to, you know, get that thick skin before they get the feedback. And I just did, I heard myself and I was like, I'm not having fun. Like, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not giving my best self to the community. And I've... I realized I had also put myself in a box. So, you know, I mean, business-wise, it makes sense. You want to kind of have a template for your episodes. It's easy to get it done in and out. And if you listen to some of the earlier previous seasons, I was experimenting. And I was afraid to experiment because now I had a, you know, established audience and downloads and expectations. And just realizing I wasn't enjoying it and it came across... I guess you fool yourself thinking, oh, they're not going to notice. But I noticed a difference of those episodes versus just, you know, two years prior. So like you said, you like you kind of know it should have been done two years ago. But and then also I've been grateful for having fantastic guests, which also kind of helped that transition. So I wasn't really paying attention to noticing because I had some great guests and some great stories. And the advice was relevant and helpful. So it was hard. To listen to myself and, and realize like, oh, man, I I kind of do need to start again because I need to experiment again because um, it is a different type of show. It's a different – it's a wider canvas in a sense. And this may be an obvious question, but what's been most rewarding about it so far? I've – Notice that it's a more engaged community. It's smaller. So I did my own, you know, email list, of course, website. The numbers of like the engagement compared to couple money just has definitely been incredible. But just the personal stories. And one thing that is the same between the two communities, like couple money, again, you're you're talking about people in a relationship. No one goes on, you know, uh, social media and say, oh, my goodness, your episode about financial infidelity. That's us. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's my husband. Or, you know, this episode about um, someone being $50,000 in debt and not telling their spouse. That's us. I'd never get that. I would get the emails, you know, where they really open up. And so I was getting those emails with Simplified and, and Joy. And that, that told me, okay, I'm going in the right direction. And to me, I feel like those are more meaningful than, you know, a, f- a few tweets or maybe someone li- just liking uh, a comment. We were meant to talk today. I don't know why. <laughs> and well, I probably do know why ultimately, but uh, because you're you're saying this and uh, I'm thinking about like various feelings that I've even individually had where there's kind of this feeling of forcing it. I haven't really talked about it as much on the show yet, but I think part of what I realized was that for a while 
I kind of like hid a part of myself and there were things I didn't want to mm -hmm. talk about. I didn't want to make this whole thing about me. But mm -hmm. uh, I found that even like around personal finance topics, I, I still love to talk about these things, but they're not the mm -hmm. only thing I talk about. And it's not the most important thing that I uh, talk about. It was interesting that when I started talking about like my sobriety journey, mm -hmm. which has nothing really to do with my, I mean, it does in that you go buy alcohol and then you go buy other irresponsible things. But I was shocked at the number of like direct messages and people like reaching out because there was a stretch where, you know, I've been yeah. out here just doing this thing solo and I'm like, are people still there? Mm -hmm. And once I started divulging more um, about myself and being just more yeah. what felt like more authentic, like that connection that we that we as content creators all mm -hmm. look for, but we often seek it in numbers. I'm not talking about like, you know, I got people are beating down my door, but just like to hear like, yo, like and see that uh, when we do honor what feels authentic to our to ourselves mm -hmm. like pe people do receive that I mean, e even if they're not sending you anything or saying mm -hmm. anything directly to you like that that does land with people yeah yeah and i completely agree that was a concern of mine and i will also say this something that i i feel like is one of the voices you know in the back of my head is like my mom was a single mom raising three kids and she was a teacher and i'm thinking why am I, you know, what I'm going through is not really a struggle. And I was kind of like, oh, man, I can just suck this up. You know, this is not a real problem. You know, I can continue creating a couple money. This is, you know, who am I to complain about this? And that was also part of the concern. It's like, is that really a big deal? You can just push through and keep, you know, put a smile on your face. Keep producing the podcast. Keep, uh, you know, the content going. But then I, you know, I think nowadays it's easier, not that it's easy, but people are sharing like I'm I'm struggling with this. And you know what? It is a struggle. It's a struggle for me, whether you see it as a struggle or not and acknowledging that. And then, you know, kind of this theme, giving ourselves space to figure out what's the best move and steps, you know, for us and, you know, for my family, what's going to be the best decision. And space permission uh mm -hmm. th those are two things i really wanted to make sure that we got across to folks in this mm -hmm. conversation and and I, I of course love the direction that you're going uh simplifying enjoy i was like i'm gonna put that up on my whiteboard and i'm like you already didn't <laughs> make you know you know, made it a thing so i'm gonna put it up on a whiteboard and then i'm gonna put a little e next to it which is supposed to be for uh, I'm, I'm trying to do too much but anyway <laughs> it's been great to have this conversation with you and also just the transparency around that process of of uh, even transitioning from, you know, one business brand, one chapter of your life to a next, let's call it that, because it's not just about the podcast. I mean, it could have been a YouTube channel. It could mm -hmm. have been a job. It, it could have been anything, Yeah. but you felt it was necessary for, for yourself and to best serve your audience for you to start to go in a, in a different direction. Any parting advice for, for someone who right now is maybe starting to think about if they should pivot, whether it's in any aspect of their life, and they're just kind of starting to think about it, and it's something that they've been doing for quite some time. I won't call it comfort per se, but uh, you know, it is comfort. It is comfort. You know, I I think we do get comfort with work, even in bad situations. We can get comfortable with them, and and we learn how to live with them and deal with them. Yeah, because that's the the known part. That's like, well, at least I know how to manage that. And the truth is, life is always about transitions. It's always about seasons. You, you can fight that and be like, no, I'm just going to stay here. Well, guess what? Your company just got bought out and you're dumped. And now you're not in a position. I would like, 
you know, for someone listening, just think about five years in the future. If you can't imagine what your goal is, you know, think about would you regret the path that you're on? You know, how would that play out? Um, I'm a mom. I think you have that mirror in front of you all the time. Like, am I showing my kids the quality of life that they could have? Am I showing them how to um, find that balance of, you know, having a meaningful life that you enjoy where you want to put in the work because you are serving, you know, some community and, and still taking care of yourself? I'm putting that into practice for myself because, uh, I mean, it, it's, it is a, a season of transition for a lot of us, a season of transition for, uh, for self in, in many ways. And Elle, really appreciate you coming back on the podcast, catching those of us up who've been around for the whole time and, uh, also shedding some light for some who are new to you and your work. Uh, let the PNB family know where they can find you around the web and all that good stuff. Well, thank you. I'm I'm thrilled about this conversation. This has definitely been cathartic on my side as well. So I, I appreciate that. If they want to learn more, if they're thinking about setting things up in their lives more holistically, please visit simplifyandenjoy.com. The podcast videos and articles are all there. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm sure the PNB family is going to get a lot out of this one. Thanks. Yo, thanks again to Elle for coming on the podcast, keeping it candid sharing all of those different thoughts that she had as she was talking about making a transition in her business from couple money to simplify and enjoy while also staying true to herself and authentic, which is something that is super important to me. So if you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to share with your network, be sure to share with somebody because we're all going to have situations where we need to make a pivot. And sometimes we know that if we make that pivot, we're going to have to start over a bit and that can be tremendously scary. So be sure to share this because somebody in your network definitely needs it. And if you haven't already, be sure to follow or subscribe on your podcast listening platform of choice. And if you're on Apple podcast or somewhere where you can leave a review, be sure to leave us that five star review. Those five stars. Haven't said that in a while. And also say a few words about the show. So if someone comes across PNB, they know why they should be checking out this podcast. So thank you so much for listening. And until next time, do something dope.